Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk all things transportation, even though my mouth sometimes does not work right. I am the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, broadcasting once again from the confines of my automobile because it typically has better sound than the basement. And with me today, via Zoom, is the one, the only Denver 7 anchor, Nicole Brady. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Yes. I'm glad to be back. Glad. <laughs> I'm. You're in your car. That has great sound, great acoustics. I don't know. I don't know. What do I sound like? Is this okay? Uh, no, it sounds a little tinny, um, probably because you're on your phone. Little tinny. Or, yeah, because you're probably doing the zoom on your phone, and uh, you. You. I don't think you maybe have the best Wi-Fi in the entire world. Mm, yeah, maybe not. And you know, I because I I had to upgrade my Wi-Fi router. I've had this horrible TP router for a long time, and I've wanted to find a reason to upgrade, and so I did. And and I got this discount, and I bought this um, uh, other router, and it's fantastic, fantastic. Nice. Yes. Very I, happy. Uh, when I was back at the station filling in on the anger desk last week, I realized, oh, you know, we can still sneak up to the audio booth. It felt very illicit. Yes. But... <laughs> I would love to do that, but I am not allowed in the building. I know. I know. You're still not. But maybe once you are again. Yes. We can uh, we can sneak up to the audio booth. <laughs> that would be perfect. That would, so what have you been doing for the past few weeks during the uh, whole lockdown COVID thing now that, that we can get out and around a little bit more? Yeah. Well, it's been interesting. I it, June has been not the greatest month because we moved. And most people know moving sucks. It is the worst. So... <laughs> So we moved to a different house near, not far from our old house, but uh, because of that, I took some time off from work. We also had some cousins visiting, and uh, so we kind of what you didn't quarantine them first. Yeah, we well we did. We did. They did quarantine. My uh, my niece and my brother they they quarantined, but they. After that, after about a week of that, we we started getting the cousins together. So we've sort of bent some of the rules, not not the official rules, but our own level of comfort rules. And we've been going out to parks, and we went to the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Oh, lovely place. uh, Which is open. Yeah, beautiful. I'd never been before. Great place. Um, And so we've been going out and doing a few things like that. I mean, still just with each other. But... Then you start to see this week the cases going up all over the country, and you wonder if we're just headed for another big crackdown or maybe at the very least a mask mandate coming soon or whatever they can do to try to mitigate uh, the cases from rising. So, Well, we'll I know see, it was I just guess. last week that I described in great detail here on this show my trip from Colorado to Florida – and all the changes that we as a family had to deal with due to the virus. And over the past couple of weeks since I've, uh, I'm back, I, I basically have been back now for two weeks. I'm feeling fine, no issues. We're, we kind of quarantined here at the house and not really going yeah. out very much. Uh, we did go fishing yesterday, but that you know that's outdoors, no big thing. Outdoors. But I, and I, I know the virus has exploded in Florida 
just gone right. crazy with new records of cases coming up every single day, it seems like. And I can understand why, because looking back uh, at the way the people were living, like there was no virus at the resort we were staying in. The pool was packed. The restaurants were busy with very few people, if any, wearing masks, especially the tourists. They didn't care. It was life as normal pre-COVID. And this is why we've seen the explosion of cases, I think, in Florida. And so I, I, I consider myself fortunate to be healthy. We, we didn't wear masks except for in the airport on the airplane um, and, and, and when we were checking into the hotel. But they didn't really care. Uh, everybody was just living life as if it was just fine. So that, that, was, that was fine. Are there no restrictions on the numbers of people that could be in those places in Florida? Not that I saw. Uh, no, here, in some and, restaurants, they, they, okay. they were adhering to every other table where the, uh, where the wait staff was wearing masks. And some other restaurants were free for all. Come on down. Eat at your leisure. Come on in. Go on the patio. Do whatever you want. We don't care. So <laughs> it, it depended on what restaurant we were in and what part of uh, that uh, area of St. Pete, Tampa we were in. You didn't eat at any buffets, I hope. No, we did not eat at the buffet. <laughs> um, we stayed away from all of the, whether whether it was the Claim Jumper or the Country Buffet or or any of the above. Okay, good. And, and you know, one of the other issues we dealt with, when we were wearing our masks at the airport and on the airplane, I wore my mask during the in, entire flight only moving it over a little bit, you know, to, to eat or drink something, right? And then just keep it on. The rest of my family, wore they, we all wore our masks. Jolene, for a, a little bit, took her mask off. And she wears the, the not bandana style, but the scarf style, where it's it's that uh, ski mask thing that comes around your neck and Ball you just pull it up, right? Kinda, and then yeah. she, but she put she was breathing in and out of her blanket. So that was giving her comfort. So she was she, she was still covering her, her full face. Uh, but, but I saw on the outbound flight from Denver to Tampa... There was a guy, at least a couple of people I saw, take their masks off, and they did not return their masks on their face the entire flight. It was off. Coming back, just about everybody, because the flight attendants several times reminded people they have to keep their masks on. They were more vigilant about the mask-wearing whole thing. And now I see this story the other day about a passenger from uh, Denver on a Frontier flight that was escorted off the plane by police in Los Angeles because he refused to wear his mask. He just wasn't going to wear it. It's, it's, I think it's the new wow. fighting or the new drinking on airlines where if you're not wearing your mask, <laughs> you're going to get kicked off the flight. And then United Airlines takes it up a notch and they're banning you from future flights for not wearing your mask. Not just mm. get off now. Don't come back. We don't want to see you. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. Drive uh. or fly some other Jackball airline. We don't want you. <laughs> Taking a stand, I guess. Yeah. I, the air on the airlines part. I mean, I I don't understand the just not following the rules. I get people not liking masks. None, most of us don't like wearing them. No, it's uncomfortable. But... It's not unbearable. We had it on for four hours. Yeah, but I mean, no one, you never saw, I mean, occasionally you, you had grumbles, but when the TSA started making everyone take their shoes off, people weren't en masse refusing to do that. No, they also and had they, another I mean, option. They could get the clear 
or uh, that clear pass where they could uh, then buy, you know, go through, do the security check, and then they never have to take their shoes or their pants off or whatever right. off. I mean, they can just go through security uh, because they're already made through that clear checklist. You could do that. I, I just kind of feel like uh, we all follow rules all the time. What is the the big deal about the mask rule? That's that's the thing. That well, I it question. can be it, it can be uncomfortable for four hours or, or longer. Um, I, sure. And I understand that. But I, I'm telling you, the airlines, the only way they can fly is to be strict about. Right. The, uh, about making people wear masks, because really it's the only way they're ever going to be able to fly f- and fully recover from this whole thing and get passengers in the middle seats, because there's no way they can get beyond even that without starting with the mask thing until, let's say, yeah. there's a, a, a vaccine and everybody's fine and the herd immunity deal and all that's going on. And we're just living with this as we live with the flu. Because this will pass. Right. I think next summer we're all going to be going, well, it really stunk last year, but we're all dealing with it now and everything's getting basically back to normal. I don't think it's going to last forever, but for the meanwhile, we have to deal with what we have to deal with. Right. You know, the thing is, is that I also, I'm, I want data. I would love it if we could engage in these mass social experiments to see what happens in a safe way. And one of the, one of the mass social experiments you could do right now is make everyone wear masks, see if it helps. Getting outside again was also a bit of a social experiment. I mean, I was curious as many were, what was going to happen once we all started going out again and, and where would we see the outbreaks? And I'm hoping that in near, in the very near future, we have a little bit better data on where some of these increases have come from. My understanding, at least in some of these places like Arizona and Texas and Florida, uh, young people at bars yep. has been. Oh yeah, been no, the bars in Florida as, were packed as a source of this. Yeah, so so I want to know where people are getting it, and 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 so me going out and and being part of the public again, that's a way to, as far as you know, in my. With me being low risk, I can safely go out just like all these other people. But we can see, is it still spreading? Where is it spreading? We need this data. So you are just going to sacrifice yourself and go out and get the disease for the good of man. No, I I would not go to the bars and and crowd around other people. But I did go. The zoo was pretty crowded. I wore a mask the whole time at the zoo. And uh, they didn't really restrict movement. Uh, the way I thought they were going to. I thought it was going to be a very uh, strict sort of everyone can take three steps forward now <laughs> and, uh, and and look at the giraffes. But no, it was pretty, it was a, it was a free for all in terms of where you could walk. We were all kind of trying to be respectful, I think, not crowding each other. But, um, but like you said, most people there didn't, I mean, there were a good number of people wearing masks, but a lot of people not wearing them. And and most people were acting like it was just a normal day at the zoo. Well, speaking of normal days at the zoo, here's us uh, doing this show. <laughs> what? All right, so I want to go. I'm, I'm shifting topics now. So what does a stop sign and the Burger King sign, do you think, have in common? Oh, gosh, the Burger King sign? The sign for the I, Burger King. For the Burger King sign. No, they can all they can both stop a car in autopilot mode. 
Yeah, if you have one of those fancy Teslas, there's a video from a guy who works for EV Network, and he's driving a Tesla in the (laughs) autopilot mode, and he's driving his car down a road that has a section that goes down. So the road, so he's driving flat, and up ahead, the road goes down. It, It just goes down an elevation to another road, right? Well, there's a tall sign at a at a uh, Burger King right there, and the way it looks because the Burger King is is down right in a lower elevation, the sign is high on the pole, but it looks like to the car and to a, a person too as you're driving forward that there's a a stop sign like a like a floating Burger King sign up ahead, and so the autopilot sees the shape and similar color to a stop sign. And start slowing down the car. Okay. Yeah, it sort of, and, and it was, it's a, like a, it's an optical illusion of this tall sign, and so it's freaking out the uh, autopilot. So Burger King, not not one to to let a good uh, video go to waste, used this video as a promotional opportunity and was giving up free whoppers if you are in a uh, autopilot mode. And you use their BKK app, and you shared a picture or a video of your dashboard at a Burger King restaurant, you get a free Whopper. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Because a, a Tesla owner needs a free Whopper. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> I don't have a smart car with autopilot. I have my uh, Chevy Volt that is also uh, electric with the gasoline generator yeah. in it. So I do have at least an advantage over the, over those uh, Tesla drivers because I could keep going forever and I don't have to stop at their little fast yeah. charging stations. I can just gas it up and go. Yeah. And which <laughs> Well, uh well, interesting. I mean, is this going to is this uh, seen as something interrupting our our transition eventually toward autonomous vehicles? Yeah. Well, there's there's these little bugs to work out, occasional yeah. bugs to work out uh in the whole uh, autopilot mode for most of these autonomous vehicles. So I, I you know, I don't eat really at, at uh, Burger King or McDonald's or any of the fast food things anyway, because you know it tears me up something special inside at my advanced <laughs> age. I'm yes. not yeah. super old by any means, but you know my my yeah. um, my colon's had some work. Um, I've had some you know I've had some colonoscopies. I've had the polyps. So you know I, I just it just tears me up something special. So I just don't go there. It's a good choice. Good choice. <laughs> All right. Do you remember the movies back? I think they were in the eighties. Uh, it was called Cannonball Run. Yes. Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Dean Martin, Sammy remember. Davis Jr. All the rest, right? It, it, it's basically a race, well, more of a speed race, if you will, between New York City to Redondo Beach, California, to see who can make this cross-country trip in the fastest amount of time. The, the really the lowest. Uh, amount of time, I guess, right? Yes. So yes. in an episode back in December, there was this trio of guys who made the run in 27 hours, 25 minutes. And I detailed uh, one of those latest records set by those three um, back then. But now there is an unconfirmed report of another record set by a solo driver making the cannonball run in 25 hours and 55 minutes. An hour and a half Better than that team, wow. team of three drivers. That's an average speed of nearly 108 miles an hour. Whoa. Yeah. All right. It was 44-year-old Fred Ashmore from Hancock, Maine. He rented a Mustang GT, and so he didn't use his own car. He used a rental car. 
He took out the passenger seats. He took out all the other interior accessories from this rental car. Then he <laughs> strapped in enough extra fuel tanks to make the capacity of the fuel about 130 gallons. And then he made the trip from Red Ball Garage in Manhattan to the Portofino Hotel and Marina in Redondo Beach with only one stop for fu- one stop for fuel. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's insane. How does this work? Uh, do do these people attempting this alert anyone? Authorities? Any? I mean, I'm sure they don't. Oh but no! They, they, I mean, how do they not get pulled over? <laughs> what they do is they have a myriad of ways. So what they do is they they use ways. They, so some people they actually have spotters down the road that are watching oh, for yeah. police. They'll have people drive a certain section for them and watch out for speed traps. And uh, I see. Okay. And they and then they'll they'll also get alerted by using police radios or apps that have um, scanner radios on it as they're making their trip. Sure. So they're listening to see where speed traps are, where the police are. So that's how they can get away with it, or at least they can try to get away with it. Now, Fred, he maintained contact with a couple of friends driving a pickup truck with 150 gallons of gasoline sloshing around the back of their pickup truck in this bed-mounted fuel tank. And then they coordinated a meeting just off of I-44 to refuel the entire Mustang in just about eight minutes. And other than that, and a 25-minute wait at the agricultural inspection station entering California, he didn't stop. He just kept going and going and going. And he says adrenaline and mental calculations for time, speed, and fuel consumption kept him awake for over 24 hours. (laughs) He said there was a close call with the police towards the end, and he avoided taking a uh, he avoid, avoided the police by taking a spin around a series of cloverleaf turns. He said to avoid the police, and, and, and but because you know the the solo effort has got to be so much more difficult than a team effort because you're all by yourself. You're not stopping right. to yeah. you know go to the bathroom. Uh, you're all alone. We're switch drivers, and, yeah. right? And you're all alone for for uh, over 24 hours, so you have to stay awake somehow, and you have no to be one to a, talk to. Oh alert, God, yeah. and and you have to be. Uh, quick on your on your mind because you're watching things coming at you really really fast. Um, it it's got to be way tougher than having a team of people. I think. Oh yeah, no, I think just not having anyone else to talk to the whole time uh, <laughs> would be uh, would be enough to drive you crazy. I hope they had he had some good uh, music and podcasts. Right, yeah, I don't know to. about that. I, I, I would think that would distract him. Extremely focused. I mean. I think, you know, you've probably driven 100 miles an hour at some point, right? You find yourself on a road and suddenly you're going that fast. I think the fastest I've ever gone is 125. Okay, there you go. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it can, you know, you if, if the road is empty, you can, you can cruise at that rate. But yeah. you're also trying to maintain some focus and, uh, and, and, that I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I mean, how how often are are people who are completing these drives are they able to find stretches where they're just sort of on open road for a long time? What's sure. their what's their route that well, they're taking? I think usually, they take. There's a couple different routes for the most part, but they go through the middle of the country, um, just north of the center of the country, and it depends on which uh, route they think is going to be the best without police. Um, okay. so, but, but they, they don't so always take the exact same route, but for the most part, there is one major route that most of them go through. 
Now this guy, okay. he says he didn't spend more than three thousand dollars. Did he come through Colorado? Uh, not that I heard. Now I didn't hear that he oh, came okay. through Colorado uh, because there's too much okay. winding and slowdown on I-70. So they usually stick to farther north, like through Wyoming or Montana, where it is more wide open, more straight. But then again, you have to come farther sure. south to get into Redondo Beach in California. So sometimes they'll go across that way and then head south, or sometimes they'll head south and then head across the country. So it, it depends on which route they want to take. Um, but he I says that, okay. yeah, he says he didn't spend more than $3,000 for all the equipment and the car and everything else. And even though this this trip by Fred was impressive, it's quote-unquote not uh, uh, really verified because there's supposed to be verified GPS data that that is a standard measure of proof. And that's why this is alleged that he did it in this amount of time because he, he did send pictures back to his uh, sister and to his girlfriend. He took screenshots uh, of his tracking app that he was using, and he sent these updates, and he had his refueling team that, that checked in with him, and he had his um, odometer that he that he took pictures of. So mm-hmm. so he does have a lot of proof, but, the, you know, I, I, I guess there's, there's some quote-unquote sanctioning body that makes sure that it okay. all is all legit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> yeah so he might not get the the credit for this i think it's pretty cool though still it is I, it's amazing um how long did that take them in the movie do you i don't remember i don't remember what? i okay, i think yeah. they all stopped overnight because they had weird bar episodes and they i mean because they yeah, had to they make had it more entertaining movie, yeah. right make it more entertaining yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you got to have Dom DeLuise out there doing whatever Dom DeLuise does. Uh, <laughs> God rest his soul. All right. So AAA, I was reading this new forecast came out from AAA. And it says that we Americans are going to be traveling this summer, just not as much, obviously, because of the COVID thing. And they forecast 700 million trips between July and September and that's going to be down nearly 15% from last year. And they say it's the first decline in summer travel since 2009. However, wow. there is a big however in all this data. They say that over year to year, car trips are going to decrease by just 3%. That's it, just 3%. But air travel will go down by 74%. Wow. <laughs> So it looks like it's going to be the summer of the road trip where more people are going to be driving rather than flying. They say rail, cruise ship, and bus travel will go down by 86%. Well, obviously, nobody's going on a cruise ship right now. They still won't let them operate in U.S. ports, I think, until at least August or September now. Um, So people will think that being in their car... Or being in an RV or going camping is their safest travel option, and this is going to be the summer of the road trip. And I was talking last week, I think last Mm -hmm. week or the week before, we were, as a family, looking at doing a road trip here in July uh, and and renting an RV, either a private one or Mm -hmm. you get it from a company. There are none to be found. You cannot find an RV anywhere. There you go, Nicole. There's your next story. Go call an RV place and see how busy they are. And uh, how nobody can get an RV for summer travel. Uh, yeah, I I had heard a little bit about uh, that early on, even that um, that RVs were, were rising in popularity. My sister just got one, so she must have gotten lucky and got in. 
uh, quickly there, but they're expensive too. Oh yeah, they are. I'm I'm surprised at what people will pay to stay in an RV. I, it's it's fun. It's an adventure, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that that is a good story. I, I will uh, look into and uh, maybe maybe there will we'll find some people doing weird things like outfitting old vans and. And uh, working. <laughs> well, I did a story DIY about RVs. this company. There is a company in Boulder that will uh, outfit. They actually do van rentals. They do these camper van rentals, where you can oh, rent yeah. them from from them, and and they do it in Denver and Boulder, and they uh, rent out these camper vans, and you can drive them for a couple of days, or you can drive them for a couple of weeks, or a couple of months. And we actually did an interview with them. I think it was last year or the year before. Um, and nice. they're really interesting guys. Um, but I, I should look up that episode for you. Um, and by the way, Please speaking do. of Denver, Denver has now climbed to the top searched city destination among all AAA travelers. So oh, wonderful. that's a problem. <laughs> it used to be yeah. Orlando because everybody oh. was going to Disney World. Well, Disney World is closed as, as far as I can remember. Uh, I, I don't think it's open. I know Disneyland has not opened re- yet. Not um, yet. Yeah, so I know they're, fewer, they're planning to maybe reopen. But so fewer we'll people see. are going there, and people want to drive out here. Perfect. Yeah. Come bring your bring your coronavirus to our state. <laughs> <laughs> so the top ten uh, here for AAA. You know, is, hopefully, hopefully, if they are coming in their cars and RVs and going camping, things will be okay. And, and people will be respectful and responsible. I did hear that uh, up in the mountains, there were some people leaving signs on cars with out-of-state license plates. You heard this story uh, saying, you know, we don't want you here. I, I don't think that that's how we should treat people. For one thing, you know, you could just, what if you have a rental car and it just has an out-of-state license plate? I mean, yeah. who knows? Good point. <laughs> where these people have come from. But, uh but no, I, I would hope people just continue again to be respectful and responsible. Don't crowd around other people. If you want to come to Colorado and go camping, I mean, there's only so many campsites as there as there is. So, uh, so go enjoy and then go back and and hopefully we won't have a problem. But I guess technically, if you're in your car or an RV or in a camper van, you are technically quarantining mm-hmm. yourself away from everybody else if you are just right. yourself in in the in the car it's only when you're mingling out at a restaurant yeah. or maybe if you're getting takeout it's really not that bad so you're, you're kind of like quarantining in inadvertently and vacationing at the same right. time i think so i think that's how people are looking at the camping and van, rv camping um, or or you know anything with a car that we're seeing a revival of drive-ins and and things like that where yeah we feel like the car might be our safest place to be right now so here is the uh, top 10 most searched destinations by AAA travelers number one was Denver. number two las vegas number three los angeles number four seattle which is interesting because both la and seattle are having i think a resurgence of the uh, disease phoenix arizona at number five again a huge resurgence there yeah. Portland, Oregon at number six. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's a fun little town at number seven. Orlando is eight. I think Universal Studios is open, uh, but you have to wear your mask the whole time, and there are certain rules about what, uh, how you can ride the rides. Uh, San Diego at number nine, and Nashville, Tennessee coming at number 10. 
it that's interesting i mean yeah why aren't people going to montana right now <laughs> uh again you know wyoming somewhere where we've had low cases and there's n no people for miles. <laughs> right, exactly. That you know, you would think that people would go out into those places. And in collaboration with Inrix, they are a traffic uh, flow data company. They they're the ones that you see on Google Maps that are measuring how people are getting around. They're, they they provide really the flow data of the red, the green, the red, uh, yellow uh, on their maps. Well, with Inrix, AAA analyzed the top 20 metropolitan areas and all the states to estimate where travelers may run into traffic as they're going on these road trips. So here's the good news from AAA. They say the top 20 metro areas will remain below typical summer travel congestion, although a number of states could expect to see travel congestion rise to normal commuter levels, although they'll stay well below the usual summer traffic patterns, which is interesting. So they're saying that, yeah, traffic is coming back, and I'm seeing this exact same thing. We've, we're seeing a lot more traffic, especially in the morning uh, commutes. Still seeing a lot of traffic in the afternoon drive, but it's still going to be lower than it has been in the last couple of years because there's still a lot of businesses that are not allowing workers back in the building, like me. Uh, there's still a lot of people working from uh, remotely. Still a lot of people that are not coming back to work yet, um, but I think there's going to be another wave of people coming back to work as soon as the unemployment checks run out from the federal government, the extra checks. Because I've heard, and I'm sure you have too, that there are still a lot of people, especially the service workers, who are still not returning back to work because they're making more on unemployment than they would if they came back to work. Right. And so once those people start coming back to work, you're going to see more of the cars. And then we'll see how the whole school, because really, when school starts back up in the fall, that's when really a lot of people start hitting the roadways. They, you would be surprised to see how many people are employed by schools and how it changes yeah. the traffic patterns. You have tens of, and really in a whole metro area, hundreds of thousands of people working for school districts, and they're all traveling at about the same time, going to different districts because they're going to their different schools, um, mm -hmm. and then they have to, the parents have to travel to get their kids to school or drop them off the bus, or drop them off at daycare, whatever, but it really changes uh, the traffic patterns in the fall when the school starts up. I know you've always said that, and I've always been surprised at how how much that changes uh, from from July to August. So, yeah, and this year, you know, they're likely going to suspend some school bus routes or or have to reduce how many people can ride the buses. So I would imagine a lot more people will be relying on mom and dad to get to school. Yep. So I'll see how all that works out. And, I, you know, there's talk about who's going to stay home and what kids are going to stay home. And we're having that debate in my house. Do we let them go back? Yeah. Do we let them stay home? How is this all? Do, maybe do we let them go to begin and see if that works out? And if it doesn't bring them back home so they can remote learn, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out, but it will change the traffic patterns as we get closer to the fall. Oh yeah, definitely. And then AAA expects the national average for gasoline to remain around 225, a say it's about 15% uh, lower than last summer, and it's really the cheapest gas we've seen for several years. Um, but they also recommended when AAA put out their information, they say you should wear disposable gloves or use a plastic sandwich bag 
to avoid touching the pump handle with your bare hand. And then when you get back in your car, make sure you clean your hands with sanitizer or wipes. I can see the gas pump always as a big spreader of disease. And I am really, really, that, that's the one place that I am at least very conscious about using the sanitizer before, during, and after <laughs> I do something. I, I use it all, I mean, during my entire experience at the pump. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm a little crazy that way. Yeah, I've, that's the only place I've actually put gloves on at times. I, I, I haven't always, but but a couple times I've had gloves in the car, I put them on and then uh, dispose of them there. Uh, it is, it, it, I know, it's weird. It's, it's gross. But this is the first <laughs> time I've heard of somebody saying we should use plastic, like the sandwich bags, as a makeshift yeah. glove. I, I, yeah. I suppose it would work, right? Yes, not the oh, little snack right. bag, but maybe the sandwich bag. Depends on the size of your hands, yeah. I mean, with my big old meat hooks here, maybe I need the gallon size bag or at least the quart size. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't. Well, I guess just sanitize. I don't know. Maybe I'll start carrying around Lysol spray and spray them off. Spray Do a favor for me and everyone else. There you go. See? You're doing yeah. something for society, Nicole. You're helping out everybody yeah. by spraying down. Now, nobody's going to look at you a little bit odd like they would about six months ago. Six months ago, they'd go, what is that woman doing? But now everybody would go, wait, can I borrow some of that too? Yeah, exactly. Amazing how times have changed. All right, so one last story I wanted to get to before we run out of time here. So there's, there's a lot of states, Colorado included, that has a program that allow for businesses to sponsor a section of highway to keep it clean. I've actually thought, and I need to keep, I need to bring this up to our general manager because I thought this would be a good way for us to advertise as well, is yeah. to suggest that we, uh, as a station or just for Denver 7 traffic, to go to the uh, highway department and then sponsor a section of highway or several sections of highway. I think it's a good way to uh, to get our brand out there and to show that we're helping out helping out the world, right? So what you do is you apply to the DOT, you pay a fee that, or whatever, you or the a company, and then they send out people, or in some cases you a, a, as an individual or a group of people, will get together and, and you go do the cleanup work along that section of the highway. Well, can you guess what industry, specifically <laughs> in Colorado, is the leading sponsor of these clean highway areas? Hmm. Well, I already know. I already know the answer. Yeah, you you kind of teased it yeah. a little earlier. It is the pot industry. Yay! <laughs> That's right. Cannabis companies, pot shops, they account for cleanup on two thirds of the roadways in Colorado that are maintained by Clean Colorado. All right. The second question. It's great. All right. That's good. Thank you for uh, sponsoring all these roads and, and, yeah. and making the, our highways cleaner. They could be cleaner even than what they are now, but but thanks for at least doing something. So why are they doing this? One simple reason. They're taking advantage of the strict loophole. There, there are strict um, advertising uh, restrictions on cannabis companies, and they're going around the state uh, by using this loophole so they can get their business name out there. Good for them. Yeah. 
I wonder who came up with that first. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good question. Uh, oh, probably yeah. it's just some intrepid guy who goes, why can't we sponsor that and get our name on there and just figured it out and said, hey, if, if it's working for us, then <laughs> all the other ones have jumped on board. Yeah. Currently. Yeah, clever, clever. In the state of Colorado, there are 51 cannabis dispensaries, cultivators, manufacturers, and edible producers sponsoring roadways throughout the state, and it reaches about 200 miles or about 66% of all the roads that are actively sponsored by this program. Now, the business category with the next highest level of participation is general services like ad agencies or pest control or plumbing, real estate. They represent about 13% of the miles sponsored. The other sponsors include retail at 8%, restaurants at 4%, and casinos and hotels at 3%, mostly around those casino areas, the casino towns in Colorado. Now, the uh, or agency called Clean Colorado, they have these signs placed along the highways, and they put the name and the logo of local dispensaries and grow houses all over the major highways. You've probably seen them if you drive... Uh, if you've driven around Colorado, if you've driven especially around Denver, and they're strategically placed near the exits where passerbys can find those local businesses. Boom, it's advertising for them. And so if you want to, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that. And then, boom, it's right there at your exit, and you pull over, and there it is. And that's no accident. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I do. I, do, I know I've seen the, the, the cannabis companies, uh, their signs in Denver, um, I can't think of uh, a lot of other specific uh, s- uh, businesses that I've seen. None have, none have registered with me is what I'm saying. I've seen some and, of the plumbing uh, ones or some of the general contract ones, yeah. uh, restaurants. I've seen the casino ones. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, no, uh, but I've seen the the pot ones all over the place. The pot ones definitely. So Colorado's rules governing how and where the cannabis companies can advertise are pretty strict. So in an effort to prevent marketing messages from reaching minors, state regulators prohibit cannabis businesses from putting ads on TV and radio and in print unless they can prove that the audience is predominantly 21 and older. And I don't know how they do that unless it's a a specialized magazine that's only sold to people who are 21 and older. Uh, Digital and social media platforms are even more restrictive, and not just here in Colorado, which bans cannabis-related pop-up ads. But but in other states where it's legal, but that's one reason the state-sponsored highway program is a magnet for marijuana businesses. Mm. Yeah. The, now the state Department of Transportation says the signs are not intended to be an advertisement or a way to advertise for these products. The state doesn't make a profit from or spend money on these programs. They they save money by outsourcing the cleanup on the sponsored stretches of highway to these cleanup companies. And so, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're able to clean up and, and at least keep the state clean ner by getting money from these pot companies. So great. Why not? Yeah. I see it as a good thing. State gets some money, clean up the roads, make it less, uh, gross. It's not a bad thing. And, right? And- Oh, harmless. I mean, you know, the advertising is is uh, not as in your face and flashy as maybe it would be if it was on TV in a magazine or on a pop up ad. So yeah, no, I don't see any 
I and don't the see kids, too much harm. The kids are not really that. paying attention to this anyway. I mean, they're they're already no, uh, when they're, they're in the car, they're they're got their face buried, buried in into their the, phones. Now yeah, I don't exactly. I don't let my girls. They don't have a phone. Actually, Jaylin, uh, my now sixth grader, she has a phone, but it's only uh, able to connect to Wi-Fi to work. Um, and yeah. so she can at home, she can text her friends and do that so she has a little google voice number and um but but she doesn't have regular data access or any of the access that a regular phone would have so so i but i make them look outside and and they'll they'll maybe (laughs) play some games and stuff but they i think it's good for them to look around and look outside so they might see it but they they don't really pay attention to those sort of things well, I'm going to start a new road game then. Spot the the pot shop signs for the kids. You <laughs> know, we'll, we'll uh, instead of the alphabet game that we've been playing on our trips, we will, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the advertisers and who's keeping our roads clean. There you go. That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, I was going to get into this other pot story, but we're running out of time. And there were some other uh, stories I wanted to get to, including a... Um, a story that uh, that I was interesting. I'm gonna try to get a guest on for next week. I, I completely just spaced out what it was, so I can't tell you. I can't even tease what it's gonna be for next week. But I'm, <laughs> I'm I know it was in my email that that okay. piqued my interest. So I'll see if I can get that uh, interview hooked up and uh, bring that to you next week. Just uh, retape that part here. I'll go. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> ever the smart one nicole thank you so much yes <laughs> all right if you ever want to reach the show you can by uh, shooting us an email at driving crazy podcast uh at gmail.com you can always call the voicemail number at 303-832-0217 303-832-0217 is the phone number and that way you can just leave us a voicemail boom and we can put you on the program we love hearing from yes. people, don't we, Nicole? We love, we love it. But I love callers. Voicemails are awesome. We Mike Nelson gets some great ones. So oh, we I know. Want, we need Jason needs to get some of these. We definitely want, or you. I or mean, maybe we need some praise, um, praise and complaints and, about you. Yeah, feel free. Complain as much as you'd like. It's the old roast me. All we need is a sign that says yes. roast me and roast me via voicemail. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, that route wraps it up for today. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for being here. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. And I'm Nicole Brady. Uh, quarantining a little less these days, but, you know, we'll see. We may be back, back to lockdown status soon. Perfect. Be safe. And as always, happy motoring. <laughs>